Here we go. Practical Wellness Radio is rolling. Thanks for jumping in on our very first episode. I am your host, Ted. Coach Cody's going to join me in just a moment. And today on the pod, we welcome Stacy Jackson, an Xterra World Champion qualifier who has competed in over 50 triathlons and has balanced it all while being a mother of two with another one on the way. And after our interview with Stacy, we would typically get into what we're calling um, a cool down question segment. But being that this is our very first episode, Cody and I will instead just kind of touch quickly on who we are for those of you who might not exactly know. We kick every episode off with our warm-up waves. This will hopefully be something somewhat insightful or inspirational. So here we go. There is no happiness without hard work. And in our conversation with Stacy, we touch a little bit on the challenges the past year has brought everyone. But I think she so wisely brings up the fact that being happy is not easily achieved. It can be real work. I don't think with everything going on in the world, many of us are just waking up in the morning in a great mood. Um, it's, you know, it's up to you and it's up to us to find opportunities for happiness and take the time necessary to find joy. With depression and anxiety at an all-time high in the world, remember, like we said, there is no happiness without hard work. So let's get to work. Practical Wellness Radio's first ever episode and interview with Stacy Jackson will begin in just a moment. But for more info on what we're all about, you can go to practicalwellnesscoach.com. Up on the website right now, we have a better pull-up program available for anyone who is looking to get their first ever strict pull-up. And the program is also a great program for anyone who, who just wants to improve on their, their max strict pull-ups in general. It is a four-week repeatable program that will help you on your journey to improve your overall upper body pulling strength. It consists of two days each week that you can just add right on top of your current exercise routine, your existing exercise routines. And once you receive access to the program, you can run through the program indefinitely as you continue to progress. The program is complete with sets, reps, different movements. And I think what really sets it apart is every single thing that you're asked to do we uh, we provide a demonstrational video with it and you know that leaves very little doubt on what is exactly expected to you so be sure to check that out and uh, let's get this episode started stacy what's going on not much just mama life like non-stop i feel like so when you guys told me that you wanted to do this i was like oh gosh like, I feel like I'm out of the game. I'm out of the zone right now. <laughs> was like your biggest thing, like, how am I going to have time to sit down for 30 minutes yeah, my, by myself? My daughter, <laughs> yeah, my daughter already asked for snacks twice now. Do you not have like a snack drawer that they can just resort to at all times? Yes, and there's wrappers everywhere, yeah. always. Like underneath the couch. Yeah. You can open yep. the door. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have both my dog and my daughter looking at me right perfect. now. So I hope perfect. I hope you guys are okay with noises. No, perfect. It's fine. It's great. Yeah, we had a <laughs> we had a snack like covered for holiday too, and we like loaded up with snacks, and then the next day they were all gone. She just like ate them all in one day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we're like okay, right. maybe we should move yeah. that like that that shelf a little bit higher in the cupboard. You know, so she can't yep. get them all the time. I but, catch my daughter all the time climbing up the, the shelves. It's yeah. it's nerve wracking. She's a little monkey. So, so, so you have Kyle as your oldest, right? Yes, Kyle's six now. Shelby is four. Going to be five in March, and then we have a baby on the way in April. So cool. it's been crazy. April. I that know. Crazy. You have two kids now. It's like yeah, I do. This I is do. where we are. <laughs> I know it's crazy. It is crazy. Julie and I are going to get a dog maybe in a few months. <laughs> Cody's like, yeah, we might get a goldfish eventually. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's we'll a good point. Don't go dog yet. Need a hamster first. Yeah. <laughs> do you do your uh, kids like have like a go to snack, like something that they like always want? Yes. Oh, they always want. Um, we have these Z bars, they're called, and oh, yeah. actually, yeah. I love them. And they like the chocolate mint kind, and then they love pretzels, and then anything that's sweet. Let's face it, they yeah. are drawn to. So it doesn't matter like what I give them. They always ask for something sweet. That's what they say. Can I have something sweet over healthy? <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Holiday too. Like she's learned how to like move the chairs and like carry, like she can carry chairs that are like twice the size of her over to the counter so she can climb up on the counter and yeah. So you have to keep an eye on her all the time for sure. Oh yeah. My, my, my kids have, I call them hook toes cause they're big toe hooks onto everything. And so <laughs> how they just like use that as their base. So they should like go into, I should get them into rock climbing. Yeah. Hook toe. Put a little a Z bar toe. at the top of the little <laughs> mountain. Yeah. Incentive. Yeah. You want your snack, you gotta climb this wall. <laughs> thought about being yeah they're not as adventurous yet i'm i'm doing baby steps i thought um i'd have one kid that would be fearless and right now they're both a little hesitant and so i think it's just the feeding off each other so hopefully hopefully in the future i'll be able to push them a little bit obviously you know you have always been active and your husband's always been active and you're talking about your kids and you said there might be a little hesitant right now but do you have like like, are they into anything that they're kind of like, oh, we want to be a part of this. We want to do this. We want to play. We want to run. Yeah. Like right now they're both really into like going to the park and just running and running and, and climbing yeah. things and being active that way. And I've introduced, I so badly want them to like the things I like, but I'm learning that you have to step back and really like show them. So a lot of times we do a lot of bike rides together and we've invested mm-hmm. in, you know, things that they're able to join in and, and see without being super physical. Cause they're not, their energy levels are just not to the, you know, to that mm-hmm. there where he, they're ready to push themselves like that. So it's been really nice. Like where we've lived in Virginia and Colorado, there's been a lot of really cool paths that we've been able to like hop on and, and show them and, and uh, spend like a half a day doing it. And they've really enjoyed that time. Plus it's family time. So my husband yeah. and I, it's nice. I can hang with my husband and he can carry Kyle, who's a little bit bigger than Shelby. And yeah. I carry Shelby. And it's nice though, because we both get a workout, but, and then the kids get to be active in a different way. So yeah. And you're carrying but, Shelby and the one in your belly too now. Yes. So you're doing yes. twice the as much. 
we went to Keystone, um, Colorado, because that's we're right now on the outskirts of Denver. We're in the suburbs. And uh, we went to Keystone, and I told him he had to carry both kids in the burley because I already have one. So that's <laughs> I know, fair. yeah. Well, geez, I, know, I, I lived in Colorado for five years, and then I move away, and you guys are there. And now I'm in Iowa, where you guys were. But that's okay. We'll be joining you, Ted, because we're moving to Iowa cool. at the end of January. Yeah, uh, is it is it Iowa City, right? Uh, yeah, 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 cool. yeah Iowa Very City. Cool. It just ended up being, you know, like I said, 2020 kind of gave us a whirlwind and whole. You know, we were only here for eight months, and I'm like, yeah. how am I moving again? Yeah. Just when I got to enjoy it. So yeah, I mean, it was bittersweet, but we got to do a lot, and Colorado was amazing. But yeah, I will I, say. I, I will say, I don't know how you feel about this, Ted, but Iowa brings something totally different too. And it's, and, and I'm excited to go back to it. So. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. We were, we were ready to kind of come back to like that. That's not to say we don't really miss Colorado too, but, but we're excited to be here in Iowa and for us, it's family, you know, our family's here and mm-hmm. our support staff and our support systems here. So we get, you know, we get help from family and stuff. And it's so funny, you know, you, um, you're talking about your kids and things that, uh, you know, like trying to prepare them or get them into things and do whatever. And I can't take credit for this, but I heard like with, uh, with kids and, and I really struggle with this. It's not like the, it's not like the goal for kids. It's the act of actually doing things. And I'm like, I'm sometimes like super guilty of, you know, like when we would go for bike rides, like just Amy and I, I'd be like, yeah, let's freaking go. Let's go. We're going to go to the brewery. We're riding our bike. Let's go. Like, we don't need to slow down. We don't need to do this. Let's go. And then Amy's kind of like, Amy would do that stuff for the bike ride. So she's really good about it. And now I'm learning like with holiday, it's not like it's, it's the journey is the destination and as corny as that line is. Right. But that's like, that's the same thing with kids is, you know, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. They like doing things. They don't like like receiving the reward of doing things like the reward is actually physically doing it you know it's it's the play right it's the psychology of play Mm. yes yes i've learned like hiking and biking with them and trying to do active things outside of you know being around the house or Mm -hmm. doing you know sitting down like just being outside because that's my that's been my main goal with my kids is um enjoy being outside and what does that mean to me and you're right it's like for them it's the journey to get there and a lot of times we have a lot of goals uh, you know that i prep them like oh if we get there you'll get an ice cream (laughs) you get to see this and so they learn how to be patient through that whole time that you're huffing and puffing to get there with them (laughs) exactly no and i'm and i'm yeah like to that same point, like I, like I'm not a good person to go hiking with because I'm like, no, we're just gonna put our head down, we're gonna keep walking, we're gonna go, we're gonna get to the top. No, we don't need to stop for water. Let's just keep walking. And then, and I want to say that I've hiked with Ted before. You know, <laughs> usually like, you're usually looking back at me. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm still here. Don't worry. I'll be there. <laughs> Cody has a natural like meandering like personality. Everything. Shoot, I went hiking know, like, today and I was in the back the whole time. <laughs> I just got to be very sure-footed, you know? Oh, man. I have falls here? Hiking, I agree. I see, you know, just try to find hiking that you can do like a, a mile mm-hmm. or half a mile. And it kills me to slow down and how many times we take breaks. But now I've, since I've had to slow down being pregnant, I've learned, okay, just enjoy this time. 
even though it's only you, you know, I want to do a five mile hike, but I can only do a mile or two miles with my kids um, before we have to carry them. And we don't want to carry them. We want to focus on keep moving and, you know, exploring and seeing things and stuff. So it's really, yeah, mommy life compared to mm-hmm. my life, you know, Stacy life back in the day. Oh, I would, yeah, I would well, that's actually, let's segue that because I want to know what the difference is between, you know, where you're at now, both being a mom, but also being pregnant. So I want to put a pin on that. But I want to talk about and I want to hear like your experience, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like what were you doing for your your movement, your practice, your exercise? And we'll kind of roll from there. Like, What did you enjoy doing? Well, well, 10 years ago, my husband and I just got married. And at that time, we had um, a lot on our plate that we wanted to accomplish together because we knew we wanted to have kids and you know, start a family like that, but we weren't ready. And, but yet we weren't ready to kind of slow down physically, um, with being active. We wanted to challenge ourselves. So, um, I always enjoy the journey of things and I'm not a fast paced person because I've realized my body isn't towards that. It's more towards endurance and, um, and I enjoy endurance a lot because there's a lot of mental gain, you know, you have a lot of mental things that run through your mind as you're um, going through that and the toughness. I like going through hitting a wall and then being able to surpass it. So my husband and I were in that same boat. We're like, okay, let's mental mentally, what could we do? And we were into triathlons and that's kind of how we met. And we're like, okay, let's do Ironmans. So we started training for those and those were like a, you know, um, part-time job and it was awesome because we did it with a group of people. Um, we found a group of people in Iowa City that loved it just as much as us. And so we had such a base of friendship and um, adventure together that we were all exploring. Is that the Trihawks? Yeah. Um, yeah, the Trihawks. And then there was the Iowa Heat. And that's a friend of mine started that after he kind of realized Iowa Trihawks was more for college kids. So he wanted to kind of bring more of an adult you know, just surpass the college stage. So how many, he said, how many tries have you done, Stacy? Um, oh my gosh, like maybe, <laughs> maybe like fifty. What? <laughs> I've done two Ironmans. Cody, how many tries have you done? Um, hold on, let me. I get you know, just like Stacy, I can't uh, zero. Break the calculator out. Yeah, I've done zero too. <laughs> I'm obsessed. It's it's fun. Like you, it's a thing that you can. You can challenge yourself by doing the longer stuff, or you can challenge yourself by doing the short stuff and see how fast you can get. It's a little bit of, you know, but once you start doing the long stuff, the short stuff becomes not as, I don't know. Intimidating, yeah. Yeah. Like, you're kind of like, okay, well, that was like a, a workout, you know, but now I want to, yeah, what, uh, What's your, what's your, you know, your, what's your favorite out of the three and what's your least favorite out of three? Or what's your um, best? Yeah, my best actually. I should have been a swimmer growing up. Really? Because I'm naturally comfortable in the water, and I'm above average, which is really surprising because I never had any experience with like That's crazy. coaches. Yeah, so I'm really. I, I think I'm just really comfortable in the water, and that that makes a big difference with open water swimming. Um, and then my passion. I love running. I do, but my knees don't love running. Oh really? So I have to. I have to find that fine limit. 
And that's kind of when I went into um, Xterra's, which is off-road triathlons, because you can run on the trails and it's less pressure on your knees. And, um, and then you're just more into the wilderness and you're not looking at your time. Um, especially as you get older, you don't get as much time to train. Yeah. And so, you know, that comes to the territories where you're like, four years ago, I was way faster than this. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Can you break down exactly what the Xterra is as far yeah, as like distances? And yeah. Yeah. So it's like kind of a, a unique sport because it, there's not as many people that do it because they're intimidated by the mountain biking, but it's open water swimming, just like, you know, road triathlons. And then you mountain bike and then you trail run. And usually it's um, in the category of the Olympic distance. So you swim a mile, you bike between 12 to 20, depending on the course. And then you average the run is between five and 6.2 um, trail run. Yeah. So. All, all in ele- elevations and everything, right? Yeah. Like your heart rate's always high. It's great. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> so. So how uh, how long does like an Xterra race cost? Like, or sorry, uh, how long does it take? Like, how long? What's kind of your times roughly? You don't have to give us exact. Yeah, time, um, I was, you know, I was prepping for this because I was trying to think back because now yeah. I have pregnancy brain and you know, this <laughs> last year was crazy. <laughs> um, but no, it usually takes me between three to five hours, and that sounds crazy, but a mile of tough mountain biking can take you know, take away 20 minutes, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But depending on the course and the, you know, atmosphere, you know, the environment, if it's raining and then the, the dirt's tacky or the dirt's dry, I mean, it makes a world of a difference, especially if you have to hop off your bike and carry it or if you crash or any of that stuff, or if it's a, a course where um, it's single track, which means, you know, you can't really pass people quickly and it's a big group, then it definitely takes your time, you know, takes time away. So that's what's so nice about it is that you're not always going against the time you're going against the course. And that's, that's kind of unique about it and fun about it. And you, you run your one of your region. Is that right? Is that? Yeah. So I was, um, I qualified for, um, Maui um, which is the world championship in 2019. Um, I won my regional championship. So my region, so what it was in my age group, there was six states like in that region. So I, I won the Atlantic region and you have to, to qualify, you have to race at least three races and you have, and then you get certain points. So, um, I ended up winning my age group in every single race and qualified. So, it was really cool. That's super cool. That's super cool. Regional Xterra champ. That's a pretty cool thing to put <laughs> behind your name, like Stacy Jackson. Regional yeah. Xterra champ. Well, well, really good about it because, you know, there's something about, you know, I've always been above average when it comes to endurance, which, yeah. you know, but I've never gotten to test that and be a part of that. And that was really special to me, especially with always being in mom world and taking care of everybody, it was so fun to take care, like to have a little bit of myself pop out. So yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed no, it. That is really cool. And so, yeah, I think like the question both Cody and I have is like, how do you train for these races? Like what, you know, you said 
you you feel fortunate that you're somewhat gifted as a swimmer. Do you do open water swims when you're training? I assume you probably have to, right? Um, yeah, I grew up camping. And so that was the big thing is that my dad and I would go swim to this. We would go to the, to the lake where the camp, you know, in the campgrounds mm -hmm. and, um, we would swim to the rock and back. And so I would, my dad taught me how to stay close to somebody and how to sightsee and, um, every time, and we go camping a lot. So I take advantage of it when I can, but I think that muscle memory and just that confidence helps a lot. So as long as I can get in the water um, and get a solid workout in, then I'm okay. But I will say the best way if you can't get in a, you know open water um, is to go swimming in the summer outdoors. Like go in an outdoor lap swimming pool. Oh yeah, um, that's the best way because the sun reflection, like the choppiness, the wind, you'll get all of that, but you're not in the lake. So so and that's a big yeah. deal with open water swimming is there's a big mental component just because when you have a big group of runners or swimmers, I guess, in this sense, go into the water at once, it can get a little dicey, right? Yeah. I mean, I've gotten my, I've gotten dunked. I've gotten like swam over. <laughs> I've gotten hit in the face. My goggles, like I almost lost my goggles, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> but those are extreme. Those are like races that are, that's another thing. Like, I, I think exteriors are fun in these small, I think smaller races are fun because you get to know people and you can get a little bit more comfortable and you can find your space. Um, and these big races are great and they're fun and competitive, but sometimes it's the little guys. It's the little mm -hmm. guys that are the best ones. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Like, so for me growing up, <clears throat> growing up, growing up on a farm, right. You know, in Iowa, I just never was really exposed to swimming very much. Like we would go and play like in the, in the creek. We called it a creek. Some people call it a creek, a creek. We called it a creek. Um, and I'm it in was the, like, I'm in the creek camp as well. Yeah. Cool. But like, you could always like, it was three feet deep. Right. You know, so it wasn't like you're swimming, you're playing in water. And to anybody that has ever seen me in the water, they will understand that, yes, I am not a very good swimmer. In fact, I have a, <laughs> I have a healthy, what I think is a very healthy respect of water. And you might call it a healthy fear of water. But like, <laughs> so like I can't even imagine being in open water with a bunch of people slapping me, hitting me, swimming over me. I would just be like, nope, I'm done. See ya. <laughs> Stacy's why, the, which is why I haven't done a try. Yeah, yeah. Stacy's one of the few people that's seen me swim. She tried to teach me at one point. I did, mm -hmm. and I was like, I remember you and Rachel that year. I think I taught, bought, tried to teach both of yeah. you. I remember hearing a little bit about this. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. <laughs> you did good. You know, though. like how swim, oh, you. You're being generous. You know how swimming's supposed to be like super. You know, forgiving on your joints and. You know, it's not supposed to beat you up. Like it was the opposite for me. I was such a bad swimmer <laughs> that it like beat me down and like hurt my shoulder. <laughs> I, was well, like, I was proud of you because you gave it everything you had. It, you know, I gave it a good <laughs> shot. I gave it a good shot, and I was like, I'd have to tell the lifeguard, you know, in the indoor pool, like, hey, like, keep an eye on me, you know, just. <laughs> but you know, let me struggle a little bit too because that's, that's how you learn. That's such a vote of confidence. Oh, I'm so proud of him. He gave it everything he had. I was so proud. <laughs> yeah. no, I think well, the big problem, around. Cody, was your breathing. I think it was hard because that's the hardest part. That's hard and for me too. And yeah. people panic. It's yeah, the breathing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I totally get it. But 
Yeah. We've gone, uh, we've gone like snorkeling in Mexico a few times and I do really enjoy it, but it takes me 20 minutes to like start to relax. Like the first 20 minutes, I'm like, <laughs> kind of like breathing, hyperventilating, trying to stay afloat, trying to swim. And, and then eventually it kind of like comes in, you know, and I, I'm able to like calm down and enjoy it. But the first 20 minutes of it are usually hell for me. And that's pretty much everybody when in a first race between all your, you know, your blood's flowing, you're getting excited. I mean, we're all that way. It's just now you just got to, you know, but some people don't know how to tone, you know, turn it off. So it's hard. I have a friend that backstrokes the whole really? race and she's really good. That's probably and what she, I would do if I was forced yeah. to do one. Yeah. yeah. She didn't care. She's like, everybody can judge me. I don't care, but she's actually really good. And what's she does races you, all the time. So, you know, to each one? their own. I'm miming here. <laughs> yeah, doing a little uh, frog. frog. Yes, frog, I just frog. Yeah. Keep my head above the water the whole time. <clears throat> yeah, I, I can doggy paddle with the best of them. That's how I learned how to swim. So that's just what I continue <laughs> to do is I just doggy paddle. So how do you, um, yeah, how do you, like, as a mom, then find time to train for these and or what would you do if you don't have time to train you know i'm sure there are days where it just isn't and doesn't come up it's not an opportunity what do you do to make time and and uh what does that look like yeah i mean that's the hardest part i think we all struggle with especially the older you get you know the less time you have um because you're starting relationships you have a busy career you're in you know you're just in the zone outside of sometimes your fitness um and for me, my, you know, my husband, he, he works all the time right now. It's just where, where he is in life. And I'm at home full time just because we never have family around us. And, um, you know, it, it, it's hard. Um, and we just decided together that, you know, that's, that's my role for right now. And so with that, you know, I had a window where my kids were going to preschool and I had two and a half hours to myself. So I really invested in taking an hour out of that time and I call it going balls to the wall. So I would go and either race to a pool, race to a trail, race to a mountain bike, you know, mountain bike course and literally go as hard as I could. <laughs> and um, with that, I would, I joined a CrossFit gym. Um, and this was all in Virginia. This, um, and in Iowa, you know, I, I did the same thing. Um, but a lot of times I would run with them and push them in the stroller or, you know, they were always with me. Um, but a lot of times what I've learned is when I do get a chance, I go as hard as I can. And I know my body by now. So I know what that looks like. And, um, and I know what it takes. And so I've learned that <clears throat> doing a little bit of strength strength conditioning, which is like my CrossFit and then engaging my endurance and going and just not playing it easy. You know, if I have a day where I'm really sore, yeah, I'll play it, you know, I'll, I'll go easy and I take days off, but, um, really I just go as hard as I can. <laughs> Do you try to get like two days of running in a day of swimming per week and one, you know what I mean? What's that yeah. breakdown look like? What's the goal? Well, so usually if I can get, um, two days of CrossFit in for my strengthening for my knees and stuff that are, you know, kind of wear and tear at this point. Um, just cause of family, you know, my, my genetics knees are the first to go for us. 
Um, so I get that in and then I do three days of running and then, um, two days of biking and two days of swimming, but I kind of, it's a lot of days I know, but some, some weeks I'll have two days of hard mountain biking and then I only have one day of running. And then some days I'll have like where I'm, I bike and then I get off the bike, bike and I run a mile and I run as hard as I can after that, after that bike ride. Um, to get my legs going, but, um, I usually, um, follow a program and it's an Xera or triathlon program and it's for people that don't have a lot of time. So, um, the intensity is always high. Effective minimum dose. I was wondering if you had a coach or what, how you were following the programming. So you just found a program and then just coached yourself more or less. Yeah, I find a program online that's for the distance that I'm looking to do. And then I use that and I kind of tweak it myself. Um, I'm sure after 50 tries, you start to get a little bit of an idea. Yeah, you know what you need to work on. You know exactly what you need to work on. But that's what's kind of fun. It's like this last year, I think I went so, you know, and and that year I, I qualified, I really took it serious and I didn't skip the days. And I, I was really focused on like, okay, I have to get, you know, these, these workouts done. And then the big thing was on um, weekends in triathlon world, weekends usually are your long training rides or your long runs. And so you have to get those in. And I did. My husband knew like, okay, you're going to be gone for a two hour bike ride. We'll see you in three hours, you know, have your phone. And he would have be tracking me on Strava, you know, and <laughs> yeah. making sure that I didn't get hurt. Cause I mean, I'm yeah. in the Appalachian <laughs> mountains. <laughs> it's crazy. And yeah, I was actually just thinking about that right as you were saying that I think it probably helps to have a husband who's also kind of really big into that endurance world where he understands the work that it takes to be put into being successful at it. And you yeah, met he- Kendall at an endurance event. Is this right? What? Do you met Kendall at like a, a marathon or a race, right? Is no, a triathlon. He was standing right by my dad and my dad was talking to him, talking his ear off because that's what we do in my family. <laughs> <laughs> we can chat with anybody. Um, and my dad was. And his friend was winning the race. It was a small race. And uh, and then I, I ran by and he's like, well, hello. So I was looking good that day. Thank goodness. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, and then I was like, thanks, Dad. You talked to like a solid guy. That's funny. That's good. What? Who who knew that a dad was the perfect wingman? Yeah, my dad's like, I made that happen. I made that happen. (laughs) He's like, bring it up slow to this day. (laughs) I remember when I, you know, introduced you to Kendall, your husband and father of your children. Yeah, I was really proud of Kendall though, because he's a shy guy. And uh, the fact that he had the guts to stick around by my dad, who's not a shy guy, <laughs> to know me is pretty awesome. So, as yeah. a shy guy myself, I feel that you can get trapped easily by people that aren't shy. <laughs> too <laughs> nervous too. to say like, oh, "I gotta leave." That, that was the thing. That's what saved me because his friend was winning the race. I mean, he was so fast, mm-hmm. and uh, and let's face it, I was a little bit behind him. And so there was just enough time for my dad to talk his ear off so he could see me. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> that is crazy. So, yeah. So congratulations. You have another one on the way, right? You have two already. You, you yes. uh, I do remember. So I was there, Stacy and Cody and I were all coaching together 
when you were pregnant with your first, when you're pregnant with Kyle. And I remember <clears throat> we were, we were all really big into CrossFit at the time. And I remember as your pregnancy was moving along, you had this look in your eye of like a little bit of frustration. You're like, Oh man, I used to just kick ass at all this shit. And now I have this basketball under my shirt that's holding me back. <laughs> and how did you, uh, how did you deal with that? Like what, it, what were some of your things that you maybe helped get you through and maybe not even through that first pregnancy, but through, you know, these next two that have happened also? Yeah. I mean, it's really hard. There's some women out there that just are, their bodies adapt so well to it. And it's really hard if you're one of those people that your body makes you sit back, like full blown sit back and you just need to understand it and be like, okay, well, this is what I got. So it's very hard, especially when we, you know, us three were all together. There was a lot of pregnant women all around me and some of them weren't gaining weight as fast as I was. And some of them were able to do kipping pull-ups, like no problem. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I was really frustrated because I was, you know, we were coaches at the time and I, you know, couldn't do half that stuff, but I've learned that you can come back no problem and then you get your body back. And if you focus and you take care of it, that it comes back even stronger than where you were and you're mentally tougher that you just have to be like, okay, it's nine months of, of this. And I'm just grateful I can move and, you know, and feel the way I do. And I'm in an environment where I love to be around people and socialize and stuff. So it's hard though. This, this third pregnancy has really put me back um, and put me in my place. So <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm like, you are one strong baby because you're, you're taking over everything. You're taking everything, <laughs> but it's okay. Like I've, 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 you know, if I can get a walk in, if I can just move, if I can just stretch and strengthen a little bit. And if I have energy for my kids, then it's a win and I'm yeah. winning. So well, it sounds like the the perfect approach and mindset, and it's something that Cody and I really can't speak to to. And uh, but I think it is interesting. Like, you know, you obviously got to the fitness level you got to through hard work, and yeah, pregnancy can and probably is a setback. But the only thing that's going to get you back there again is just the hard work, right? Yeah, I mean, it's hard work and just focusing on what's important in your life and focusing that, like, you know it's a small period in time. And, you know, some people, another thing is like, after you have your pregnancy, then you're like six weeks you're supposed to sit back, you know, you're supposed to sit back and let your body get back to normal and like get recover. And, you know, you see these things on TV and social media and just some women that can just bounce back so quick. And you're like, why? This is so hard for me. But, you know, I've learned you got to give yourself a grace period. And sometimes that grace period's a year. And sometimes it's six months. And um, for me, it's a whole year. It's a whole year until I start feeling completely back to normal. Um, you know, and that's hard, too, because you want to bounce back. You want to go run and do all these crazy adventures, but you don't want to hurt your body and then regret it. So and that's like the value that you've had. You had such a history of exercise and movement that you've really found this, you know, or just being in tune with your body that's really probably helped you, you know, through pregnancy and, and postpartum yeah. as well. You For just sure. you just have that, you know, touch point that maybe a lot of people don't have. 
No, and I tell women all the time, I'm like, I try to be so supportive to my friends that have gone through pregnancy or, you know, just gone through a lot, like, you know, um, or wait and stuff. I'm like, just give yourself that time. Embrace each moment. And, you know, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to, like, not beat yourself up. But you kind of, I mean, you're going to go nowhere if you beat yourself up. You have to have a kindness for yourself. Yeah, and a love for yourself. So, I mean... It's hard. The mirrors are really hard to look at sometimes, but you know, also too, it's really great to look at as your family. And so you got, it's give and take. It really is. It's give and take, but just being happy, <laughs> do what makes you happy. For me, it's going outside. And like I said, I can't run right now. I can't do any of the activities like I used to, but going for a walk is amazing. I love it. <laughs> No, that's great. I, I think that's just actually, there's a lot of really cool things that you said in there. And there's great advice, I think, to anybody who is one, maybe dealing with coming back from an injury, coming back from pregnancy, or maybe even like you said there, the hard work. Like, I mean, we talked a little bit about the year 2020. Like, it is sometimes hard work just to be happy too, right? And it's oh, not yeah. like something that's just going to happen. And I think taking, exactly, taking approaches and, and taking, taking the responsibility to put yourself in situation to make you happy is I think is, is kind of what you were saying. I think that's awesome. Awesome. Awesome advice. Yeah. I know a lot of people right now are struggling with their weight because of 2020, cause you're stuck inside cause your gym is closed because the fear of going into some place because, you know, because of the risks that it takes on your family. I mean, I have a lot of friends that have like stepped back and, haven't seen any growth in their fitness. And it's like, you know what? Everybody's in that boat. <laughs> Everyone is. And it's really hard, um, especially too, because you're looking at social media and you see some people that are just progressing and not getting phased by it. But maybe you are. You're being phased by it. And so you just got to take a deep breath and then be like, okay, tomorrow's a new day. And I'm going to try my best. To, to move forward and not look at, oh gosh, these two months I've really lost control. You know, it's, it's hard. It's hard not beating yourself up, but it's yeah, important. It's, to, very, it's very challenging. And I think, and I think Ted would agree with this too, is, you know, being present. So not letting the past weigh you down. That's something you can't control anymore. So then taking ownership right as well is important, you know, in this context and figuring out, like you said, how can I move forward? Like, what can I do tomorrow being a new day? Even if it's something simple, what do I have control of? And I think that's um, something that I have to touch base with frequently as well. Oh, yeah. To create progress. Definitely. It's, it's a challenge, I think, the older you get to, because there's just so much in front of you. So I don't know. What I've learned is, especially with 2020, is just being outside, getting a fresh air, walking away from what's around you all the time and, and, uh, and enjoying what's going on right now. And, you know, a lot of times for me, like taking deep breaths outside and, you know, letting my mind zone out not have any music. That's another thing. Like I love Xterra's because you can't, you don't, you know, you want to hear what's around you in case anybody mm-hmm. is mountain biking past you or anything. So you don't want any music. And that I think is something to say about like, kind of gives you a little bit of meditation in a way and uh it's good to zone out and Mm -hmm. like focus on your breathing 
And, th- and that's really important. Absolutely. It's a meditation, moving meditation. Yes. And I know a lot of people are not a big fan of yoga and that type of meditation, but you could do it so in so many different places. And that's kind of how I handle it. Well, it's like what forces you to focus and, you know, something like Xterra where there's a lot of hazards, right? On the trail, open water swimming, like you can't not be present. And that's a big part of meditation is being present. So it's a force into meditation in some ways. So yeah, you can sit around and, you know, do the normal meditation, the traditional stuff, but this is just as valuable and some people gravitate towards it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about that is so, uh, Cody, Cody and I, we did, um, with a lot of the practical wellness clients, we did the, the, um, we ran every day during the month of, uh, December, we'd call it the character mile. Right. And so we ran a mile every day during the month of December and in Northwest Iowa. Yeah. You can imagine what the weather is going to be like in December. And I think, I think the last like 14 days of December, it was just snow on the ground every single day. It was either icy on the road or there was snow on the sidewalks or whatever. And it's kind of funny, but those were almost my most, those were my slowest times when I ran. And, but those were almost my most rewarding runs, you know, because you're, you're not really thinking about anything else. I don't have music in. I'm just thinking about one, not falling on my ass, (laughs) slipping on on ice or two, like trying to run through snow is like running through the sand. And Oh, but it was cool. like, you're, you're so focused on every single step, boom, the mile's over. You know, like you're not thinking about anything. You're not thinking about breathing hard. You're not thinking about anything. And boom, the mile was over. Um, so tell me, you talked a little bit more, or you talked about um, the Maui championships for the Xterra. What, you were invited to Maui. How, what happened there? That Was that the championships? Yeah, that was Worlds. That Worlds, was, uh, okay. yeah. yeah, I was around people that were speaking different languages left and right. It was cool. pretty gnarly and pretty awesome because somebody was behind me and I had no idea what he's saying behind me, but I knew he's there and he wanted to get past me. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I gave him a thumbs up saying that I so, heard him yeah. and that when I have a moment to move off of the, the course, I will, so he can pass me and everybody was very polite about it, but That's cool. that was like probably my favorite race I've ever done merely because of the achievement, you know, that I got done for myself and something I've always wanted to accomplish that feeling. And one moment, okay. okay that's done. Um, and, uh, it was crazy course because we were swimming in the ocean and the open water swimming had some tides and some current and Australia, they had some uh, people from Australia explaining how to handle it. And that was crazy. Like, meeting pro Australian triathletes explaining how to swim in the ocean and that there's sharks and everything underneath you and there's not many lifeguards. <laughs> and the current, the, the waves were about like the day before 10 feet tall. So they weren't going to cancel anything. So it was, wow. is, so it was like, and then they were teaching you how to swim back into the shoreline and that was harder than swimming out because of the the crap you know the waves and how they were crashing so i had so much sand everywhere that it was (laughs) (laughs) it was a little painful yeah still finding sand from that yeah Yeah, but it was just i think the coolest part was just being in an atmosphere that i've never been in Hmm. um with all these people from all over the country that love the sport that i do and um 
it was it, it meant a lot. It was it was one of the prettiest courses, obviously, because Maui's beautiful, mm-hmm. and um, and also the coolest because of what you were surrounded by, like pe- yeah. great, amazing athletes, and the fact that you could be right with them. Not saying I was the top dog, definitely wasn't, <laughs> but just to be a part of it was so neat and just an experience. One how many, that, uh, how many athletes were in the in the championship? Um, Not, so, in the age group, but even just in, in the total. Yeah, total there was um, six hundred, um, and they all qualified for it. And the first um, fifty of them were pro triathletes, and they went an hour ahead of us. And so we got to watch them and see how they handled approaching the ocean. Um, and then you had two courses on the bike. You did the bike course twice and then you did the, um, run once. And and that run was by far the hardest run I've ever done in my life. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, but it was, why, why was it the hardest run? Cause it was, um, you know, it was all uphill and, um, you know, half of it was majority you're going up the mountain. And then you zigzag back down, but your calves were on fire. Everything started tightening up. Your quads, your you know hamstrings were getting tight because you. And at one point, I was running sideways. My feet, I was going up the like stairs sideways, <laughs> just to like give my calves a break. <laughs> Is your goal to maybe go back and do that again to qualify for championships in the future? Yeah, I want to go back. I mean. I'm sure. I'd love to go back. I'd love to compete again. And if anything, like, you know, there's a, there's a race. I mean, all these races I've done are all unique and fun. So it doesn't really, it, you know, I have now, since I got a taste of it, mm. I would love to go back. And um, my husband said it was really fun because he got to do the course with me before. And he's like, this is the hardest course I've ever done. <laughs> He's like, and this is honestly the best vacation because we've been working yeah. out and we've enjoyed everything that we like to do. And we, and afterwards we'd have a big, you know, beer and it was mm-hmm. the best beer we've ever tasted in our lives. <laughs> I've always heard that about people that do tries or they do endurance runs. Like they're like, you've never tasted a better beer than you did oh, after so you've trained and then you've competed and then you, <sighs> you know, swallowed down this, you know, ice cold beer. Oh, it's I delicious. Think- <laughs> yeah, I think it's so cool that um, I've always admired people that have done those and done those well, you know, tries or anything, Ironmans, because in a way, I think they're so like, they're almost primal, right? Like everybody, everybody kind of has access to a bicycle or jump on, you know, jump on a road and run around or, you know, swim. And, and in a way, like, I think it's just a cool, cool test of, of kind of what somebody can accomplish, you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, uh, I've, I've welcomed a lot of my friends to the sport. You know, they'll say, oh, I just can't, it's a lot of things to buy, you know, to do and to try once. And I'm like, take this, take that. And I give them my bike. I give them my, all my gear. I'm like, I just want you to go do it. Just go do it. I'll help you. And then, you know, I've had like a handful of people that then, you know, adapt to it and, and, and love it. And then they have some people that are like, I got to check that off my list without <laughs> buying yeah. a very expensive bike. And I had a, I had my own little coach who wanted, was like really excited for me. I was yeah. wearing her helmet. Yeah. 
shirt. <laughs> it is cool though. And I think that's kind of what really motivates Cody and I kind of what we do is, you know, we've been given a lot, I think through fitness, both physically, emotionally, mentally, like it's given us a lot. Right. And, and so I think that's kind of what leads us kind of on the coaching side of things is like, we want to share kind of that side of it, right? Like the things that we've been given. So I, I know what you mean when you say like in the endurance world, it's given you probably a lot of confidence and a lot of things you're proud of and a lot of like motivation and reason to get up in the morning. Not that, you know, but, and it is fun to kind of just offer that up to people and give them a shot and give them a chance to be excited. No, everybody is going to be excited about it, but you just never know who's going to bite off a, you know, a piece of that and love it. Oh, I know. It's it's so fun. It's even fun watching you guys, seeing what direction you guys have gone through and what path you've taken. Like, I've, I've been following both of you, and it's like, I love it. Like, I love seeing where fitness and, you know, the health world, where it brings people. It's different for everybody, and it's really fun to see how people grow. And I think you guys sense. have both grown into your own spot in the fitness world, and I think it's great. It's awesome. Well, that's cool. That's nice of you to say. I think, um, I think you should be really proud. I mean, a regional Xterra champ, like I said, is a pretty cool thing to say about yourself. <laughs> like, it's a pretty cool th thing to compete at worlds in the sport of endurance. You should be really proud of it. It's something that you should brag about to your kids until they're tired of hearing about it, and it's something <laughs> you should brag about to your husband until they're tired of hearing about it. I think my husband but, was a little jealous. Oh, I'm, sure. I'm sure. I, yeah, I know Kendall. Kendall's also competitive and he's also a great athlete. I'm sure yeah, he was a little he was bit. He's a little, he's like, oh, no, this is your year, but man, yeah. I'm like, I know. What a year. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. I just want to say thanks again, Stacy, so much for taking the time for chatting with us. You can tell you. Uh, Kyle again, you're welcome for, for the sweets because. <laughs> That's probably a good distraction for him, for us. But uh, yeah, no, well, mom, 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 what are you going to do another podcast so I can have? <laughs> yeah. He's like, what are you doing? You're on the phone for with who? Yeah, what? And he just, yeah, he's he's on his tab. I mean, he's doing everything that us parents are like. What time is it? You're on your tablet yeah. and you're eating yeah. sweets. But it is yeah. what it is. I'm. I appreciate that you guys reached out to me, and I was like, I don't really have a story to oh, tell. No, yeah, I think good. I think nobody really thinks they have a story, but at the same time, everybody kind of has a story, yeah, you know. Yeah, when story. yeah, when Cody said that, I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to embrace this. This mm. is something I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah, I, well, cool. I think there's more to talk about too, so I think maybe we'll schedule another another one in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd love to have you on again. You guys were fantastic, so thank you. Cool, cool. Thanks, Thanks so much, Stacy. By the way, yeah. <laughs> and now. On with the show. All right, there you have it. That was our interview with Stacy Jackson. Um, thanks so much, Stacy, for for jumping on with us. I think we just kind of scratched the surface on kind of some of Stacy's story. I think we could have talked for another hour um, about being a mom and and training and you know being an endurance athlete. I think it was really really cool. Um, it was really cool to have her on. Stacy talked a lot about kind of her journey. So it makes me wonder, Ted, what is your journey as far as exercise goes? How did you start out? What was high school Ted like, junior high? What did you do as a youth? Oh, uh, high school, junior high Ted was a punk. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, he, uh, no, I think, uh, yeah, for those that know me, you know, I I grew up, um, 
I grew up on a farm. I was very active. I, I loved playing sports. Um, my family supported me a lot in playing sports, and so I appreciate that. They encouraged, you know, an active lifestyle, just part of who we were growing up. I was the oldest of four siblings. And, um, you know, I just think I was uh, maybe average, average athlete at times, maybe had potential to be an above average athlete. But I think, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that upbringing, that farm life was kind of the first step and it showed me, you know, you can work to achieve so much more, you know, like I think I carried that into a lot of my athletics, um, you know, where again, I, I think I was probably just an average athlete, but I was a kid who, who cared a lot about, you know, trying hard and, you know, trying to accomplish more than just average. Um, so that was kind of the first step. And, you know, I kind of established a, uh, a love for the little things when it came to athletics. Right. And, and I think, you know, strength and conditioning just kind of naturally followed that, you know, what can you do to, to make yourself better? The culture that was of kind of work. where everything started for me. Yeah. Absolutely. And we have a, we have a parallel in, in the sense that, you know, having at least some exposure of farm life, you know, I wasn't on a farm 24 seven, but my dad had a farm horses, things like that. So I was out there, half the time as you tend to be in a family of divorce. So I had that exposure and being outside and, and having to do work, not that I was great at doing that work as my dad would probably attest to. <laughs> um, but really, that's really the only thing that I can probably relate to you in terms of our childhood, at least. I didn't, I wasn't an athlete. I didn't play any really sports past junior high. I played some soccer, but once I got to high school, I was honestly relatively sedentary. I was in the bands, uh, marching band, so there was a little activity there. Um, <laughs> marching. Yeah, marching, exactly. Um, you know, and drumming too. You know, there's some arm movement, you know, a little yeah. rhythm, which I think with it helps me do some rhythm skips and warm-ups I've found. That's why your biceps um, are so big from banging the drum all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it carries over. So if you ever want bi big biceps, start drumming. But um, – I wasn't, I didn't come into say the fitness world until at the end of high school, maybe even slightly after, um, I got into weight training senior year and junior year as well, more out of, because I didn't want to take swimming anymore for PE and weight training was the alternative to that. So that's kind of my first introduction in terms of maybe more dedicated health and wellness, but I didn't really get into it even until later on and kind of looking back and how this kind of all formed to become something that was really important to me was, A, I found a lot of mental growth within that sphere. So once I kind of dabbled and I saw like change, right, um, both physical and mental, it was, I guess maybe for the lack of a better word, addiction. And then as I was able to reflect more, it kind of made me realize that I had some really good role models for movement in my life as well in that time or even as I was growing up. So my mom and my stepdad were very avid bike riders. They're getting, you know, 3,000, 5,000 miles a year outside on the road. And I never was much for that, but that was a good example that they set. And even more to that point, my stepdad, who is in a wheelchair, he unfortunately had a bike riding accident when I was probably three years old and became a paraplegic. He still continued to stay active, even though that was a big barrier for him. So I think with some of these things combined, my own kind of self-discovery in this movement and then having really good role models, 
really set me on this path, you know, and here we are 10, 12 years later. So Ted, what, um, what did you do? Like what was after high school? So what's after high school athletics and high school Ted? Yeah. So I, you know, I think when it pertains to fitness, I, um, you know, one of my favorite things about athletics was, yeah, the, the actual act of, I do enjoy competing. I do enjoy the challenge, Mm -hmm. but but one of the greatest things for me personally was the camaraderie. You know, I love being part of a team. Um, and, and so when I got into fitness, I kind of craved that. And even like going to the gym and playing a pickup basketball game, like I don't enjoy going and shooting hoops by myself. You know, I like being part of a team. I like being part of a group with like a singular goal. And, and so when, um, when I got into fitness, you know, I, a lot of it was on my own at first, but I was always the one who was like trying to get my buddies to come along to the gym with me and work out with me. And, and so that kind of continued to grow after high school. Um, I, uh, one day I, you know, I, I was a broadcast journalism major and I was into sports and I wanted to maybe cover sports and talk about sports and travel. And it all sounded really intriguing to me. And the more and deeper I got into it, I noticed uh, I was very different than everybody that was in that industry. Um, everybody in that industry seemed to be um, very overweight and a big, big personality. And I, I don't think always a great like personality. I think you had to be the quote unquote shock jock to almost sure. be successful. And I didn't really envision myself as becoming that person or maybe wanting to become that person or being very good at becoming that person. And so I, um, I stuck with it cause I did really enjoy learning about the different aspects of it. But for me, you know, I, I still remember I saw a poster on the wall that, uh, they were advertising at the rec center, um, an opportunity to, you know, take a personal training class. And so this is at the university of Iowa rec center. And I, I jumped on, I, I took it. It was, uh, it was like some study materials ahead of time. And then it was a weekend course and then a test at the end. And uh, I took it and I started training for uh, the University of Iowa Rec Center. Um, That's where I got my start, training primarily students, some staff. And uh, it was was good because, again, it was kind of just being a part of a group, even though it was mostly one-on-one. I still looked at it as, you know, we were a team, myself and my training client. Sure. And we're, you know, had that same singular goal that we're moving towards something. Yeah. And that's kind of like when we had started to cross paths. So I was also at the University of Iowa. I was a student. I had decided to pursue a degree in physiology um, because I was very motivated in, in the exercise world at that time, you know, kind of launched out of high school. And we crossed paths when I got an internship at one of the local gyms. You were a member there. I think while you were still being or still personal training at rec services, yeah, is that right? Yeah. yeah. So I was a I was a member at a gym in Iowa City <clears throat> and also training and working out at the University of Iowa Rec Center. Right. But um my soon to be or I guess my now wife and I um got a gym membership together at a, a CrossFit gym where we would go and my wife who at the time was in medical school, it was a great opportunity for her and I to kind of like I'd be working with personal training clients. I was also um managing um managing a music venue and bar at the time. 
And, uh, but you know, we both had such busy schedules. We would be like, okay, we're going to hit this 4:30 class together, you know? And so it was almost like a quote unquote daily date that we could, you know, catch sure. up, see each other, work out together, talk a little bit, you know, in between whatever we're doing. And then usually after class, after the fit, after the, the, the workout, we'd go home and that was kind of like our thing. Right. And, uh, so, so that, uh, yeah, that is where I met Cody. That's where I met you. And, um, I think you're an internship. Were you already an intern before? I eventually did um, did start working there also. Were you an intern, I think, before? Yeah, I was an intern before you had started working there. I okay. don't remember who became like a full-time or you know paid coach first. I think you, yeah, it might have been you. R- no, it was roughly around the same time. It was around the same time. But I think yeah. maybe you getting that position encourage me to then ask for that position as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah, and, and that was one of my first coaching gigs. You know, I had been very into exercise, wellness, almost you know, again to an obsessive degree. It was definitely a little much. But yeah, that was my first coaching gig and, and that's where we kind of became friends. And I had mentioned this to you maybe a couple of weeks ago, but I, I knew we were going to be friends when you first asked me to check your water pump when you're out of town, make sure it wasn't uh, <laughs> turned off. Yeah. And, that's yeah, we how had a sump pump kind of that was like faulty and it was like not always working and our basement would flood and it flooded yes. a few different times. And so we were gone for a weekend and uh, I was like, uh, who do I call? Who do I call Cody. Will you come check the, the sump <laughs> He's not pump? doing anything. <laughs> it's 8 p.m. Yeah. It's dark out. He's not outside working out or at the gym. He's got nothing better to do. Yeah, you exactly. And I didn't. And I went and looked. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. And I went and looked. Yeah. So yeah, that is funny. I remember that now, but yeah. And then, um, so we, we worked together at the gym, the CrossFit gym in Iowa city and it was great. This is probably 2012, 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think we both kind of just were so green in a way, you know, and new to things in a way, but so like eager and ambitious. And we kind of like, well, curious too. We were like, we didn't really have like a dip our toes in the water like stage. We both dove right in. And I think that's kind of what a lot of the relationship between you and me, um, I think was fueled by because we're both like, uh, we competed against each other a little bit. We wanted to like learn with each other. We wanted to push each other. And so it was good to have somebody to bounce ideas off of. And I think not just you and I, there's a lot of people on that staff that I think helped yeah, us kind of good crew. In, in fact, Stacy, as we an interviewed example, today. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's kind of how, that's how I got to know Cody and Stacy. We all kind of got to know each other really well there. And then you did it also eventually start working for the university of Iowa rec services also, right? Yeah, that was slightly after this. So before that happened, you had actually moved to Colorado to start your journey there, mm-hmm. which we can maybe dive into a little bit more here in a second. But yeah, I eventually moved on from that gym. Um, and yeah, I got a job at Rec Services at the University of Iowa, where you had worked previously as a personal trainer, as a group um, instructor. And that was really my first exposure to one-on-one training because at the gym we worked at, it was all group-based so I was there and then I actually ended up working at another local group-based gym as well, where mm-hmm. I continued to even personal train other individuals as well. And at that time you were in Colorado at that point. Yeah. So that's interesting. So I, <clears throat> something I'm just kind of realizing now. So I kind of went from training one-on-one for probably exclusively, like, I guess I had every once in a while, I had a couple clients that I trained like one or two, like a, like a, like a couple or spouses that were, would train together. But 
I went from, you know, one-on-one training to group class training. And I think you yep. kind of had the reverse, I had right? the uh, inverse what, of that, uh, yeah. That's interesting. So I always thought that I was much better in the group setting. I do enjoy like one-on-one and really kind of getting to know somebody and getting to understand strengths, weaknesses, goals, all that. But um, what's uh, what's your what's your input on you know one-on-one versus group class setting? I mean, it's all contextual. I enjoy both. I like the energy from a big group class, and mm-hmm. if everyone's vibing, I think it's really great. It's really fun. Um, but for me, as an, you know, especially kind of more of as, as an introvert, it can be pretty draining. Yeah. Um, especially if I do a lot of those in a day, I'm basically exhausted mentally more than anything. Um, for personal training, I'm, I'm much better in the one-on-one dynamic, I think, or small group than I am in large group. Not that I can't and don't enjoy large group, but I, I, I get more energy back from those smaller interactions. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I, yeah, I, I do feel similarly, um, similarly, but different, <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, cause I always felt that once I was introduced to the group format, that just fit me so much better. Um, it is more draining in a way, but at the same time, I feel like I have more things to feed off of. Um, yeah, absolutely. More, you know, like I can feed off this person's energy. I can feed off this person's excitement. And I think, I think for what I struggled, maybe I'm too nice of a guy. I don't know. Not many people would probably agree with that all that much, but I think I'm too nice of a guy when it came to the one-on-one setting. For example, let's say I had a client and we're doing something and I'm like, okay, we're going to try 20 reps of this. Uh, let's see how it goes. Try to focus on your breathing. It's going to be a grind, whatever, whatever. And I would sit there and I'd coach somebody along the way and I could see that they were struggling. And I'd be like, I, I, maybe it's too much. I don't know. I'd, I'd empathize with them and be like, man, that looks like it sucks. And they're doing this by themselves. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, let's just do 15. 15 is good. We'll call it good at 15. And, and I think in a group setting, um, everybody is kind of working. Everybody is working. It's not usually just one individual working at a time. And a lot of times when I'm doing or did one-on-ones, I would, you know, jump in and do a little bit with them just to kind of encourage them. But, but I struggle with at least that. If you're looking for a specific, that's something that I did struggle with, with the one-on-ones. Whereas in the group class, I felt like, again, maybe that team kind of at, you know, which I'm probably, probably more familiar with. You said you weren't maybe a part of a a lot that of things gr- back to our on. background, right? Yeah. And I think that's probably why it suited, suited me maybe a little bit. Whereas the one-on-one, I felt like I was more mentally drained after a one-on-one than versus the group class. Cause it was maybe entirely up to me to kind of lead a conversation, to lead the motivation, to be the energy as yeah. opposed to feeding off of it. I'll say that when you, when you coach a group class and it all clicks, like that's a, a higher high. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it, everything went well. Everyone crushed it. Like, you know, there wasn't any issues. You were on time. Like it, when everything falls into place with a group class, especially a large group class, and even if it's a more complex workout and, you, and everything just goes well, yeah. you know, and, and that's a give and take with the people that are there and you as a coach. I definitely get a, you know, more out of that in terms of like, man, I really feel good. Mm-hmm. And maybe I do with like a one-on-one. Cause there's less variables that can Yeah, there is less wrong. variables. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. I think what you're, yeah. And this is a little bit of a tangent, right? But I think what you're saying is, you know, when you're doing the one-on-one, there's less variables and there's probably a little bit higher chance of success. 
There is. It, oh, with absolutely. The overall outcome, you know, with yeah, the overall absolutely. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, so I think, I think that's a really interesting point and it's just something that I'm, you know, I think we're kind of just thinking of and dawning on right now, but you're right. So after, uh, after the gym in Iowa city, after university of Iowa rec services, my wife would eventually graduate from med school. Um, she was placed, uh, in a residency program, which was out in Colorado. So we decided to move out to Colorado and, um, there I originally started, um, as just running my own personal training business. I was trying to find and train anybody that would listen to me. And What was uh, that business called again? Um, it was called Vitara Fitness. And it was called Vitara Fitness because at the time I drove a Suzuki Grand Vitara, <laughs> which is a little, little tiny SUV that, uh, that would store all of my kettlebells and weights and mats and everything. And I would just drive to a park and I'd meet uh, some clients there, meet them in their driveway, in their garage, wherever, back it up, open up the hatch, and we'd start working out. So that's kind of where the name of that business came from. It eventually would be um, continued into like more and bigger things. But uh, I did that for a little bit. That was a struggle because, again, at the time, I probably didn't know really anything about business. I, I just loved to train and work with people, and I loved fitness, right? And you had a think, brick and mortar uh, spot too. I remember helping you get it yeah, set up. Yeah, so I did eventually. Yeah, that did lead into I rented a garage. Um, stained my shoes helping you. Still yeah. stained my shoes. <laughs> it's a little two stall garage that, you know, like looking back was so just like bare bones. You know, I had like a squat rack, a pull up bar, some weights, and but it was like it was awesome. Like we had some of the best workouts ever there with clients and members, and we. We did some really fun things. I organized a, uh, we did a, um, uh, we called it a Movember, a mustache run. So it was like to benefit, um, you know, prostate health, men's awareness, you know, prostate awareness. And um, we did some cool things with that. Um, and then, you know, to help pay the bills, I actually then got another full-time job, right? So I was doing also, uh, I was a training manager for a, a big box gym, like a 24-hour fitness. It wasn't 24-hour fitness, but a gym like that. And uh, there I, uh, I sold uh, personal training packages to already existing members of the gym. So people came in, they worked out, and I was that annoying guy that went up to them and said, hey, I don't know if you knew this, but we offer free fitness assessments to anybody. You know, and so I'm trying to sell you a personal training package on top of your gym membership. Um, I learned a lot at that position. What, uh, what I didn't love about it is so let's say um let's say i met you cody you're a gym member you signed up i I ran you through a fitness assessment we did some tests i ran you through a 30-minute workout and then i try to sell you a personal training package but the difference is my job was sales my job was to sell you the package so after i sold you the personal training package i would pass you along to one of our personal trainers and so for me i kind of missed that developing of relationships and growing and, you know, moving towards those goals. Yeah. And I, I remember that time and I remember you saying that it was a good experience to grow from and to learn sales and learn how to maybe pitch right as well. Yeah. But I remember, yeah, it, it wasn't quite your vibe as it well. Cause I would come out and visit. And yeah. Talk yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting because I did learn like it was it was a performance based job, right? So it was a commission based job, and with that, like I felt myself kind of like like 
leaning too much into again where this goes back to maybe like the broadcast journalism stuff like becoming somebody that i didn't really want to become like to me fitness was slowly starting to change into like a sale mm -hmm. and that's not something that really i wanted to become or what excited me i didn't feel like that's what fitness was i think i think even to this day um <laughs> maybe that uh that job made me it, it taught me a lot about sales but i think it maybe at times hindered my current sales just because I'm like, I'm not going to push anybody to buy anything because I'm just going to try to make a product that I think I really believe in. And hopefully it's for you. And if it's not, go find something that is. Sure. You know, and that's, I think, kind of our approach that I eventually would take because I would move on from that job. And I, uh, I became a uh, general manager at first and then eventually owner of uh, Fort Collins CrossFit in Fort Collins, Colorado. Where I owned, operated, and was a head coach of that for about four years. And um, yeah, so I, I think I just tried to turn that gym into a product that I think was really a cool thing. And we didn't focus a whole lot on selling gym memberships. We focused on making a cool atmosphere for people to you know improve their fitness. Yeah. And before we maybe talk more about that, which I'm curious to learn more, Kind of during your time and your adventures in Colorado, I was continuing to coach in the Iowa City area. And like I had mentioned before, I left our the gym where we had connected at and started personal training at the rec for the University of Iowa. Um, I worked at another local gym as what you could consider a head coach um, in that capacity. Personal training both there at the University of Iowa. And then I was actually personal training at a, a powerlifting gym in town as well. Like the sense of the word, a powerlifting gym, there's dudes deadlifting like 800 pounds. There's, you know, super strong ladies lifting more than me. Um, so very much a diverse education in that time in my life <clears throat> with the CrossFit, with personal training in that powerlifting gym. And then I started to also do some dryland strength and conditioning for the local swim team. So this was high-level youth swimmers. And a lot of these swimmers that I would work with would get scholarships to, you know, Big Ten schools um, once they graduated high school. So th these are very high-level swimmers for their age group. And I would do their dry land training with them, uh, not swimming. I cannot swim, maybe as we established with the uh, <laughs> podcast uh, yeah. with Stacy. But I did their dry land training, and that was an education for me as well. So I was learning a lot, a lot of diverse um, – things, meeting a lot of different people at this time. And I thought that was a really big part of my growth and to, you know, get me where I'm at currently. I met some people and then I eventually transitioned to also kind of a little bit after you, maybe a year or two after you, um, became a part owner and head coach of Willow Creek CrossFit. Um, but I want to put a pin on that and I want to kind of throw it back to you. I want to hear about your experience. Like how did you become the owner operator of Fort Collins CrossFit. Uh, yeah. So, so like I said, I left the, um, would eventually leave the, you know, the big box gym where I was the training manager and I became the, uh, the general manager of Fort Collins CrossFit who at the time was owned and, uh, operated by another owner. And he, um, he was, a he was a great guy who at the time he was in his like mid to early sixties, uh, or early to mid sixties. I think I, I got the vibe from him early on that he was maybe just, he just maybe exhausted himself in his efforts to run a successful gym because I think, not I think, 
because he did have another full-time job. And I think it just is a full-time job to run, yeah. run a successful business, right? Maybe even, and, even uh, more so, right? Yeah, definitely, as I would soon find out. And so, um, you know, I, I saw that writing was kind of on the wall and I eventually would uh, would kind of approach him. And the conversation was as simple as this, right? I said to him, I said, hey, uh, I love this place. I love the people here. I love what I do. If there's ever an opportunity where we want to grow this thing and make it into a bigger and better, you know, thing for for both for everyone involved, um, whether that means being an investor or whatever, I want to be able to just communicate to you that that I want that to happen for this place and whatever that looks like, let me know. And uh, he just, without blinking, looked back at me and he's like, "Well, have you ever thought of owning it yourself?" And I was like, uh, 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 <laughs> "And." Uh, I was like, uh, I have, but I'm not smart enough to do that. <laughs> and no, I didn't say that, but uh, that's immediately what I thought. And but, you know, we talked it over. You know, my wife and I, and uh, we're like, let's go for it. I think it'd be a great opportunity. At the time, my wife, uh, at the time we didn't have kids, and at the time, my wife was in uh, residency. And that's a, you know, 80 hour work week commitment. And so I was like, okay, we have this opportunity. I can commit a lot of my time to something that I am extremely passionate about. And from that conversation we just talked about, fast forward, 45 days later, I owned it, right? And so yeah, that's fast. in those 45 days, I developed a business plan, all of, you know, kind of a, a, a you know, put together a little bit of a coaching staff. We retained some of the coaches that were already there. And we built what I think would, would turn into a really, really cool business and a really cool gym that I, I was and still am proud of. And, and uh, yeah, and so that's kind of how that came to be. Um, you, Cody, were at Willow Creek CrossFit at the time. And I, like you said, I think it was maybe just maybe a year later after this, you just kind of was on your own endeavor. And so it was really cool how you and I had um, – never really had this plan to, you know, have our career paths kind of mirror each other, but, but we were staying in communication throughout and, you know, they were two very different, I think, routes. And then now things have kind of turned and come full circle where, you know, you and I run, uh, run practical wellness together. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we definitely, um, had a divergence and we had our own experiences you know, you moved to Colorado, I stayed here, but we also kind of ran a gym and that was a little bit of a different, it was a mirror, but you were the sole owner, you know, where I was, you know, in a partnership and I was actually a minority owner in that partnership. Um, but we were able to kind of look at each other and kind of share a lot of the same experiences kind of as we had grown in this sphere, in this avenue. Yeah. And now we're here, we've converged back you're back in Iowa, albeit not in Iowa City. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we have our new endeavor. And I always kind of attribute, you know, a lot of this and the experiences of just, especially as a coach, and coaching is, it's a grind, right, at the end of the day, especially as a young coach. You know, you're not getting paid much and you got to take a lot of hours and it takes a lot of energy. But if you try to get as many experiences as you can, you know, for example, you know, me working with the dryland training with the swim, swim group, personal training. You know, I even took some people to Olympic lifting meets, powerlifting meets, mm -hmm. you know, through the powerlifting gym that I was uh, personal training at. 
and then eventually, yeah, like growing in our roles. Yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you said something there too, like growing together and coaching is, is a hard work. And, you know, we've had different avenues, different routes to where we are today. And, you know, it's not going to end here either. And I always think it's something, and I heard something once when it, you know, people are talking about, uh, you know, what they want to do for a living and what their value is and what they bring to the table and whatever else. And, you know, you hear people say, well, your value is only what, what is, you're worth only what somebody's willing to pay you. And, you know, I've heard people say this to me in other industries and in other fields are like, well, I just feel like, uh, I just feel like people aren't aware of my value or they're not paying me what I'm due yet or they don't know yet. And it's, you know, to echo kind of maybe the theme on this pro- this this episode, this podcast again is, it is hard work. And if somebody's not paying you what you're worth, maybe that's because you're not worth what you think you're worth. And you have to continue to grind and continue to move forward. And, and I think, um, I think we can maybe try to wrap this show up a little bit. We can continue. And there's, I mean, we could talk a lot more about where we are, what we're doing, where we're from. But, uh, if you don't have, uh, if you have anything to add to that, Cody, let me know. What do you have? No, I think that kind of as a general overview kind of covers our path and you know i was telling you at the beginning of this but i think before we started recording like i used to give the spiel of you know who am i to you know new members as they would on-ramp at the gym and i'd always like to say that hey this isn't my first day i still have a lot to learn but this is me and this is kind of my path and these are my experiences and this is what i've done and i've put a lot of work in as have you ted um and i think that that means a lot. You know, that means a lot. We haven't really deviated from this path where a lot of people maybe would have. And I think that holds a lot of weight. And I know that my respect for you is very high for you kind of being on, on a similar journey as me. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, for sure. I think, I think it's cool. I think, you know, we're excited about what we have to offer here at Practical Wellness Coach. And I think uh, you guys can look forward to a lot, a lot more cool things coming from us. And, and hopefully you guys stick around and, and learn a little bit. Uh, before we head out, we want to say thank you to our producer, Matt. A thank you to our clients, our friends, listeners, anyone who supported us. Thanks so much. Uh, feel free to check us out, practicalwellnesscoach.com. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. <laughs>